In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Cleanse my heart and my lips, Almighty God, that I may proclaim your gospel worthily. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Some Pharisees approached Jesus and asked, Is it against the law for a man to divorce his wife? They were testing him. He answered them, What did Moses command you? Moses allowed us, they said, to draw a writ of dismissal and so to divorce. Then Jesus said to them, It was because you were so unteachable that he wrote this commandment for you. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. This is why a man must leave father and mother, and the two become one body. They are no longer two, therefore, but one body. So then, what God has united, man must not divide. Back in a house, the disciples questioned him again about this, and he said to them, The man who divorces his wife and marries another is guilty of adultery against her. And if a woman divorces her husband and marries another, she is guilty of adultery too. People will bring little children to him for him to touch them. The disciples turned them away. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to me. Do not stop them, for it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. I tell you solemnly, anyone who does not welcome the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Then he put his arms round them, laid his hands on them, and gave them his blessing. The Gospel of the Lord Today's Gospel proclaims three eternal truths, which do not sit well with modern sensibilities. In fact, they may even seem archaic, regressive, and inhumane. But the fact that it is our Lord Jesus Christ himself who speaks it assures us of their revelatory and eternally relevant character. So rather than suppress or sanitize these truths for fear that they may offend someone or another, it is good to remember the saying which has been commonly but falsely attributed to St. Augustine. Truth is like a lion. You don't have to defend it. Let it loose. It will defend itself. These three simple truths are as follows. God made humanity male and female. God intended marriage to be a permanent commitment for life. God is the author of life and he is unapologetically pro-life. Having explained that Moses' permission for couples to divorce was a mere concession due to the unteachability of the people, our Lord then declares, From the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. This statement should be so obvious that it shouldn't require restating or explaining. And yet in today's modern gender-bending society, making such a statement could get you cancelled. For being intolerant and disrespectful to an entire spectrum of make-believe sexual identities. The Catechism of the Catholic Church boldly teaches, everyone, man and woman, 
should acknowledge and accept his sexual identity, physical, moral, and spiritual difference and complementarity are oriented towards the goods of marriage and the flourishing of family life. End of quote. God is the only one who has the power and authority to define us. And he did so at creation by making us into his image and likeness. And it would be arrogance to think that we can redefine ourselves by changing our pronouns or performing mutilating surgery on ourselves so that we can make ourselves into our own skewed image and likeness. The second truth which our Lord pronounces speaks of permanence and the indissolubility of marriage. What God has united, man must not divide. Now, many modern people believe that such a demand is both harsh and inhumane. Why force two persons who no longer have feelings for each other to remain bonded for life? Isn't this cruel? Would this be condemning to a life sentence of misery? The permanence of marriage would seem cruel if we merely view marriage through the lenses of a human contract. With the recognition of human frailty and the unpredictability of future events, all contracts contain exit clauses allowing the parties to part ways. All contracts, but not marriage. The bond of marriage is a divinely instituted reality, but God is united, not a matter of human convention. And when that bond is created in the life of two Christians, it simply cannot be broken. This bond is intended by God to symbolize the love of Christ for his church. Pope Emeritus Benedict wrote, Marriage is not simply about the relationship of two people to God, it is also a reality of the church, a sacrament, and is not for the individual's concern to decide on its validity, but rather for the church into which the individuals are incorporated by faith and baptism. So if we understand anything about the relationship between Christ and his church, we would understand that it cannot be broken by any power in the universe. A spouse can no more become an ex-spouse than a father can become an ex-father. The third truth naturally flows from the first two truths. If marriage is a union between a man and a woman, and their bond is marked by indissoluble permanence, having children and starting a family would not just be a theological, but a logical conclusion. And so our Lord declares, let the little children come to me. Do not stop them. When God gave man and woman the ability to have sexual intercourse, he tied it with the ability to procreate. This is the reason why same-sex marriages cannot be real marriages and why the church teaches against the use of contraception. Contraception not only breaks the ties between the sexual act and procreation, but also impedes our share in God's creative love. Cut off from God, man can never experience true, lasting joy. Love. Real love is sacrificial. If love entails sacrifice, then children would always be regarded as a blessing, the fruit of that love. But this is not what the world tells us. 
Our culture often teaches us that children are more of a burden than a gift, that families impede our freedom, they diminish our finances, obstruct our ambitions. We live in a world where large families are the objects of spectacle and derision, instead of the ordinary consequence of a loving marriage entrusted to God's providence. Although it may seem to selfish, immature parents that children bring an end to the romantic phase of their marriage and their personal autonomy, children are actually the remedy. Children are actually the gift needed to allow the couple's love to grow and flourish, to embrace others beyond the two. Today, the world has no qualms celebrating marriages, civil unions, and what they claim to have same-sex marriages. Couples, families spend a lifetime saving, even prepared to take up loans to fund extravagant celebrations. But the openness to children is rarely celebrated, rarely understood, and rarely supported. To many, the church's teachings on life seem oppressive or old-fashioned. Many believe that the church asks too great a sacrifice, but sacrifice is at the heart of love. Love, which is not willing to make sacrifices, is counterfeit. Many Catholics today complain and demand that the Catholic Church should change in order that they may feel more welcome. And it is unfortunate that many well-intentioned pastors also believe that the only way they can be compassionate and pastoral is by affirming their delusions. But Pope Francis warned of those he called alternatives, those who in the Pope's words say to themselves, I'll enter the church, but with this idea, with this ideology. They propose conditions and their membership in the church is thereby partial. They too have one foot outside the church and they are renting the church, but don't really experience it. So what is needed is not for the church to change her teachings. She cannot change them. She has no authority to do so because it is our Lord's teachings. Rather, it is we who need to change, to die to ourselves, our selfish, self-centered and self-absorbed ways so that we may conform ourselves more and more to Christ who shows us the true meaning of love by dying on the cross for us. We are called to continue to proclaim the truth, the beauty, the goodness of the complementarity of sexes, fidelity of marriage and sanctity of life in a culture which eagerly confuses genders, promotes divorce and engenders a culture of death by promoting abortion. So to all married couples and those who are planning to get married or start a family, do not let fear, anxiety or worry Get in the way of you loving each other sacrificially and being open to the children you may receive from God. Do not put a cap on what He wishes to give you. Let Him be the judge of that. And trust yourselves to the Lord who will provide for all your needs. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.